training called Almasira recently, and uh, what what that is is basically um, it's it's geared towards reaching Muslims in Southeast Asia, and it's walking people through uh, different people in the Bible. So starting from Adam to Noah um, to King David, all the way leading up to Christ. And um, the idea is that through the studying of you know different people in the Bible, um, a person will see that all of Scripture points to Christ and. Um, we've we've heard of a lot of uh, Muslims recently, and uh, what what that is of the potential of uh, all these people that are coming to um, realize, I guess, some truth in Scripture. Um, so we're excited that once we'll be in country, uh, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to to meet some of these individuals as well as to build up the the team um, in Indonesia right now. Uh, you know, in in following up with these individuals. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, we completed a training called Al Masira recently, and uh, what what that is is basically um, it's it's geared towards reaching Muslims in Southeast Asia, and it's walking people through uh, different people in the Bible. So starting from Adam to Noah um, to King David, all the way leading up to Christ. And um, the idea is that through the studying of you know different people in the Bible. Um, a person will see that all of Scripture points to Christ, and um, we've we've heard of a lot of uh, Muslims coming to faith through the Al Masira training. So we're we're excited to be able to apply that once we're hopefully once we're in the country. Um, wanted to also say, you know, that we're we continue to study the Indonesian language. Um, we've been doing that online uh, with a person in Indonesia. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to see so many um, friends and old old friends and new friends. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Great Commission Community Church. Uh, the past few weeks of celebrating Advent together, where we were remembering Jesus' first coming and also eagerly awaiting his return, have brought us to this day, this special day, where we celebrate and tell the story of Jesus' birth. So let's enjoy being together, knowing God's presence is here with us. Um, Jesus' story begins many years before the year 0 AD, which is traditionally the date of Jesus' birth, um, and it begins with God's prophets. They foresaw a future announcement of good news. God would come to us and bring peace to all creation, a full and deep and a whole peace for all things, as described by Isaiah and later visualized by lots of different artists, including Edward Hicks, who we'll see later. The story continues with messenger angels, lowly shepherds, and a pregnant girl. This girl soon gives birth to a baby son. And the heart of this story, narrated by Luke, is just how extraordinary the son is. He is the same God whom the prophets announced would come to us, bringing peace that is full and deep and whole to all creation. So today we're going to hear and see this story in scripture through artwork, through songs, and through a message. Um, we'll begin with the words from the prophet Isaiah. So if you are able, I invite you to stand as I read from Isaiah. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, 
He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Upon the mist, thy cruise, the glorious song of from angels bending the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on. Look now 
from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Born thy people 
chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for him, for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered, at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. imagining what it was like on that day.
Amen, amen. Let's pray, church. Lord Jesus, we adore you. We praise your name forever. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to us, for identifying with us in your humanity, for bringing peace and salvation to the whole world. Lord Jesus, we ask this morning that you would forgive us our sins, our sins of greed, of envy, deceit, lust, our lack of mercy, the exact and very sins for which you came to die on our behalf. Lord, please heal us. Heal us of every infirmity in our bodies and our, every sorrow in our hearts. You are near to the brokenhearted. We know that, Lord. We ask you to draw people closer and closer to you, that our friends and family, those who have never heard the name of Jesus, would hear, know, and receive your beautiful gift of salvation and grace. Jesus, we give you all the glory. We praise your name forever. Amen. Amen, church. It is so good to see so many of you on this special Christmas morning. Um, as we have received the peace of Christ, would you please pass the peace to one another, say hello to each other, and hello to you in the chat. All right, I'm so glad so many of us are eager to meet each other. I hope that you can stick around after service to continue catching up with old friends or meeting new friends and saying hello. Um, before Pastor Paul comes up, I just wanted to say thank you for coming. This is Christmas morning. We're so glad to be together. If this is um, your first or second or one of your first few times here, welcome to Great Commission Community Church. Um, we're, we're just glad uh, to celebrate Christmas with you today. Um, today's service is a combined service, so welcome to all of you Tyson's friends. We've missed you. Um, so this week and next week will be combined. Um, so Tyson's will be here again next week um, for New Year's Day, um, 11 o'clock here at the Double Tree. 
typically after New Year's Day, um, we will have our two services. So um, this service will be at 11 o'clock here at the Doubletree. Um, but if maybe you live closer to Tyson's, you're welcome to um, go to that service, which is at 1030 typically on Sundays at Marshall High School. But again, not next week. Next week, we will all be here. Um, so welcome, and again, if this is one of your first few times, we hope to get to know you. Hopefully you've met somebody at the welcome table, and we'd love to check in. Um, we collect offering every Sunday. Um, we do it online, but um, we'd still like to pray for it, um, even though there's no physical basket. So please um, join with me in praying. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all things. We thank you for our Great Commission Community Church community, and we especially thank you for our visitors on this special morning. We thank you for um, the time that we have together to celebrate you, uh, your miraculous birth, your amazing love for us. We thank you um, for the grace that we have received from you so that we can give back um, our wealth, our time, our energy, and God really help us to give back our whole lives to you. Um, we give to you with gratefulness. We give to you with passion. And God, we're just so thankful and humbled to be um, one with you. Uh, so we just pray for today's offering. Um, would you use it to glorify your name around the world um, and here in our own neighborhood? Um, we just uh, thank you for today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, peace to you all. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, it's so good to uh, see all of you here. I know, um, especially those of you coming from Tyson's, just like Julie said, uh, it's great to see you. Welcome. It's really good to see you um, and other people I just haven't seen in a while. Matt, hello. Give a holler for Matt, yes. Um, anyway, well, um, I'm giving a sermon here, and if you've been with us before, you know that sometimes um, we read larger passages of the Bible together, like long chapters or multiple chapters. Today, we're reading just one verse, and I encourage you to do that on your own, too, when you're reading the Bible by yourself or with smaller groups. Uh, sometimes read longer chunks of the Bible, sometimes just sit with one verse for a while, even a phrase. Um, but today, our one verse is John 3.16, and if you could please turn there with me to John 3.16. And um, as you're turning there, um, please pray with me once again. God, we're sitting before your word and we're listening to you and your spirit. Lord, your word gives us hope, gives us comfort, gives us encouragement. It causes us change. Lord, it creates love and joy and gentleness and self-control in us. Lord, your word makes change in our world. Lord, it creates reconciliation. It creates soft-heartedness and tenderness. Lord, it stops violence. It creates forgiveness and repentance. So Lord, as we're sitting before your word, we invite you to just do your thing. Lord, as you speak to us, we thank you for your voice. 
We thank you for your very real presence among us. Lord, we acknowledge that. Lord, we're here together. We can see each other. We're here together. But even though we can't see you, Lord, you're here with us, speaking so, I don't know, so faithfully and so really, Lord. Lord, we're before you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is John 3.16. For God so loved the world, and I'm reading from what's uh, called the, uh, the English Standard Version, ESV. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is from John's book about Jesus. John was a disciple of Jesus, perhaps his closest friend. Jesus asked him to take care of his mother uh, as he died. He said, Mother, this is your son now. Uh, this verse that we just read is from a conversation that Jesus had with a religious leader of that time. I'm just going to say it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this God referred to in this verse as a creator of all things. And I just want to say that sometimes when we read that the opening phrase, for God so loved the world, we think it means something like God loved the world so much that he gave his special son, his only son, a special son. It's like we asked John, John, um, like how much does God love the world? Um, but actually, I'm just going to kind of geek out here in like the you know, the original Greek, you know, it's uh, it, the word there that's translated in our English Bibles as so is this Greek word hutos, which means so, but not so much like so much, but so meaning like this or in this way. So God in this way loved the world. God loved the world like this. This is what John 3.16 says. For John, it's like we asked him, John, how does God show us that he loves the world? John, how does God show us that he loves the world when people are dying of cancer and COVID and accidents and war? How does God show us that he loves the world when I have, like, I have experienced a lot of disappointments in life, and I'm only 45 or 30 or 22 or 15? How do we know God loves the world when life is hard and unfair and disappointing and heartbreaking and sometimes just stupid? How does God show us that he loves the world? How does God love us? This is what John is talking about. Like, have you heard of love languages? Love languages? So not like, how do you say it? I love you in English or French or Japanese. I found this very funny and I thought very practical French table of like how to say I love you romantically versus the friend zone. Um, and I'm like, man, this is what they should be teaching in high school French. So all these kids would be like, I got to learn this. But anyway, this isn't what I mean by love languages. I mean, even when people speak the same language, how do they show and feel love? So there's this famous book about love languages. We'll show the book cover here. And some of you have read it. And the book was so popular, they wrote a bunch of other versions. Like, I... I Put up some other versions too here. Like, there's one for kids. There's for teenagers. Um, if you're like a teenager, you're like looking at that cover. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> you know but, um, but then um, for men, you know, and also that cover. Obviously, whoever decided that cover thought it would be like men shopping in the bookstore, not women shopping for those men. It's like just a picture of their feet up. 
It's like, oh, <laughs> there's a military edition. Um, so anyway, love languages are ways that different people give love and feel love from other people. For example, some people's love language is spending good time together. They give love by being with people, or they feel love when people spend time with them. You know, other people's love language is giving gifts, or doing helpful things, or saying nice things. Like when I give people love, I like saying nice things. Like I tell my wife all the time, like, you're so smart, you're so pretty, you're my favorite, like I love you. And you know, and she's like, yeah, I heard you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but um, like I know it's not natural for everyone anyway, but this is my love language, that's just how I do it. And the way I feel love from other people, my love language and receiving it is, well, yeah, when they say nice things, you know, that's nice, but I think for me, I really feel love and like closeness when we have good times together, like we laugh a lot together. Like you could tell me, hey, Carl, like you're so nice and you're handsome and your hair is less gray and this and that and, you know, and sure, you know, it would be like nice. I mean, like, oh, you know, stop, you know, this old thing, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm happy about it, but I think I would feel closer to you if we laugh a lot together. Like if you laugh at my jokes, I feel so loved. Like, wow, you know, I'm so loved. But that's just how I am. It's my love language. So another way of talking about John 3.16 is to ask, basically, what is God's, God's love language? And this is what John is answering. What is God's love language? John says, love, God's love language is to send his special son to us, who is just like him, who is totally equal to him, who is completely one with him. See, we are God's children. We're all God's children. The New Testament, you know, written from inside the Roman Empire, actually says that God treats us like how sons in the Roman Empire are treated. So he calls us like sons. Um, like we have a full inheritance and belonging and citizenship and God's city and all that. But Jesus is called God's special son or only son, not because God doesn't have other children. Like it's not like he gave up Jesus, his only child. He gave up Jesus, his special son, his one and only, his one-of-a-kind son. Because Jesus is so unique. He's totally equal to God. He is exactly like God. He even created the world with God. He knows our hearts just like God does. You know, that's why he can judge so perfectly as we read earlier in Isaiah. Because he isn't limited by what witnesses can see and report. Because he knows our hearts. What this special son, what this special son Jesus does and says and thinks and feels is just like what God his father does and says and thinks and feels. And this is how God shows us his love. God sends the special son, Jesus, to the world, to us. He doesn't have to do it, but that's what he does. And it's sort of like a lot of our love language, I guess, rolled into one. His love is nice words that Jesus comes and says to us, like, you are children of God. It's Jesus coming to be with us, laughing and crying, coming to us in a human body, and human feelings, and a life just like ours. It's serving us instead of coming to be served. And I'm sure we can think of a lot more. See, people, I think, often think, well, I know God loves me when I have a, like, when I have a good date or when I get a promotion at work or when I find a great parking spot. You know? And, I mean, it's right to thank God for things we enjoy, sure. But this, like, none of these are the main ways God shows and expresses his love to the world. And when we need to feel, like, love from God, yes. I think we can ask God for things we want and need and wait for answers. But 
none of these will be the main way God shows us his love. His main way, his main love language is sending Jesus to us. And what we celebrate at Advent is two sendings of Jesus to us, one that's happened already and one that's yet to come. And that's why we can pray for all kinds of things in this world. We can pray for something as small as a parking spot, and we can pray for something as big as the end of war. But the mother of all Christian prayer is Jesus, come again soon. Amen? And, you know, let me just say, maybe before we ask, how does God show us love, maybe a, a prior, a bigger question is, does God love the world? Like, maybe we don't even assume that God loves the world. Does God love the world? And this is a question that people have been asking for thousands of years. Actually, in Jesus' time, most people who ask that question would probably end up saying the answer is no. See, in Jesus' time, most people worship gods like Zeus and Apollo and Athena. And you've probably, you know, read books or seen movies about these um, figures. These gods didn't love the world. They were often cruel to the world. People worshiped the gods because they worried that if they didn't, the gods would make bad things happen. And in Jesus' time, the people whom Jesus knew best, the people in Israel, they tended to think that God loved people, but basically only loved them. They often acted like God did not love the world. So in a time when that's how people thought, here John writes in this book that we're reading from John 3.16, that God loves the world. God, the creator of all things, really loves the world. God is not cruel to the world. God doesn't treat people well only when they worship him. And God doesn't love only certain people. God loves the world. John, how do we know? How do you know that? How does God show us? John says, God loved the world like this. He gave his special, one-of-a-kind son to us. He sent Jesus to the world. To the world the world. The Greek there is actually cosmos, the world. You know, does God love people with disabilities? Yes. Does God love them? Yeah, he loves them like this. He gave them his special one-of-a-kind son. Does God live, love people who are sick, who are mentally ill? Does God love criminals? Does God love nice people? Does God love mean people? Does God love people with great resumes? Does God people, sorry, does God love people with not so great resumes? The answer is yes and yes and yes and yes and yes. How do we know? Because God loved them like this. He gave them, he gave us, he gave the world his special son. No matter who you are or what you've done or what you haven't done, God shows us his love for us by sending his special son, Jesus, to us. Amen. We have worth. We have worth. We are loved. We have worth. No matter how many or how little our achievements, no matter how big or small our bank accounts, amen, no matter how many social media followers we have, our worth, our value, our lovableness, they're all based on God's very real love for us, which he showed by sending Jesus to us that we should not perish but have eternal life a life with him. Just one more thing, actually, for us to think about in this verse. The end of this verse talks about eternal life. Whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. So what is eternal life? What is eternal life? You might think, on first reading, like, maybe it's about, like, being immortal, like, never dying. 
And yes, the opposite of eternal life is death. Yeah, for sure. But it's not just like living forever in this world, at least. You know, it's not like this. It's not like Indiana Jones drinking from Holy Grail or Han Solo like kept frozen but alive. I realize these are both Harrison Ford. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, man, I never put the connection. That's his, like, that's his lane. Anyway, but, um, like, but I think living forever in this world, like, actually might be terrible. I think that's very cruel, actually. I wouldn't want to live forever in this world. This world is too hard and too cruel and disappointing and just stupid. And actually, Jesus, later in this book of John, in chapter 17, says what eternal life is. He actually delineates it. And you can turn to John 17.3 or just look at the screen. We'll project it. Here, um, Jesus, a special one-of-a-kind son, is praying to God the Father about us and for us. And this is what he says. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. See, eternal life is not just immortality. Eternal life is a life with God that does not end, that does not take breaks, that is perpetual and reliable. That's why eternal life doesn't start when you die. It has already started for many of us. For others of us, it could start today. It could start tomorrow. Even, or it could start like right now at this hotel. God loved the world like this. He gave his special son that whoever believes in him, believes that he has been sent to us from God, will have eternal life, a life with God. Because Jesus came to us, we don't have to live alone. We don't have to live with no one else understanding us or knowing what we go through. We don't have to live without hope. We don't have to live unforgiven. We don't have to live without healing. We don't have to live without experiencing sacrificial and generous love. And we don't have to live without God who created us and who loves us. And so today on Christmas Day and every day too, we can thank God and I encourage you to do this in so many ways. To thank God for his real love shown to us in this very real and amazing way. God loved the world like this. He gave us his special son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life, a life with God. So that's Christmas, and that's a day that's coming, hopefully really soon, tomorrow, tonight. <laughs> that would be so crazy, awesome, but parallel. We actually came on Christmas Day. Anyway, I'm just going to, as I close here, I'm just going to finish by reading um, the scriptures that we read earlier, and we'll project the slides that we did as well. God so loved the world. God loved the world like this. How does God show us his love? How does God show love? How do we know God loves this world? He sent his special son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is more about this son. In Isaiah, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. That's Jesus. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge for the poor 
and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Amen. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. I was talking to my kids about this yesterday. Like the wolf, like how do wolves and lambs usually interact? Well, yeah, wolves eat the lambs, you know. But here, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. And the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. Like the cow's kid and the bear's kid will have a play date. How beautiful. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. This is what Jesus does. And then we're just going to read from Luke uh, one more time about these shepherds. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. Like, why did angels show up on this day? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This is how we know how God loves us. God loved the world like this. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. God loved the world like this. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. When I think of swaddling cloths, I always think of those, like, those baby blankets in the hospital. Like any hospital you go to, you get that same blanket. I don't know, like someone's making a killing off those blankets. Anyway, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, again, on this incredible day, this day in which God shows his love for us. How does God show his love? God shows his love like this. God so loved the world. God, loves his, God loved the world like this. He gave us his only son. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and those baby, this baby Jesus lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And this is what we do today, Christmas Day. We praise God for all that we have heard or heard about, read and seen and experienced too through the Holy Spirit. For God loved the world like this. He gave us his special son, one-of-a-kind son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, unending, a life with him. Amen. Let's pray together. I just, you know, I'm just, we usually do this just for like maybe 30 seconds, just give you a chance to respond in your own way. You want to do that individually, but you also want to do it communally. And so one way that we say this is to say, um, let's pray many voices, but with one heart. And with many different words, but with one heart. And I just encourage you just to say simply, like, thank you. Thank you. 
God, thank you for loving the world like this. Thank you for the gift of Jesus who has come and who is coming again. Thank you. So we'll just take a moment just to pray like that, and then um, I'll, I'll say a prayer for all of us in just, in just a moment. God, in the end, our prayers are very simple and modest, and our language is limited and modest. We just want to say somehow thank you, and we want to somehow acknowledge in a very real way, in a very honest way, that you love the world, and you showed us that by sending Jesus to us, something he didn't have to do, and we thank you. We celebrate Jesus on this Christmas day, his coming. And we also look forward with just the most tremendous anticipation, his coming again. Amen. Um, we're going to take communion here in a moment. And uh, before we take this communion, what we, our practice as a community is to um, say this summary of, of, of Jesus' story that's also called a creed, and we'll say it together, we'll project the words on the screen, and um, we say it together, and then after we say it, um, we're invited, if you are a follower of Christ, we invite you to come up either to the front, there's that little silver low table, round table, and there's also uh, one in the back, and actually there's two in the back and one in the front. And just encourage you to take um, a set of elements. And so each kind of thing up here has um, a piece, like a little wafer thing on the very top foil. And then underneath it is um, like a cup. Um, and so um, let's say this creed together. It starts with, I believe in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took, um, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this bread is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this cup is a cup of my blood shed for you. And so as we take this bread and as we take this cup, we proclaim Jesus. We proclaim his life given for the life of the world. And so, like I said, if you're a follower of Christ, we invite you to come up to the front or to the back. 
If you'd like, uh, if um, you're not a follower of Christ, we just invite you to just worship and just know God's presence here, and you can just, you know, sit wherever you are. Um, Esther and our musicians will start us um, with a song as we close our service, and um, yeah, be encouraged, and let's be thankful as we take these elements. You can come on up.
Amen. Joy to the world. Um, as we go from here, we're not just uh, leaving here with a blessing. We're leaving here being sent with a blessing. And blessing is to know and to help other people know that God loves the world. And God loved the world like this, that he gave us his only son. Merry Christmas. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us.